A city based on industry, from market stalls to collieries, owners, directors, and entrepreneurs. Oh, we've got all that and more. No matter how high you fly, no matter how far you go, the spotlight's on you when we go wrecking home. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Wrexham Business Spotlight podcast. This is an episode, as usual, that features a Wrexham business owner and we find out more about them, their business and the challenges they face. My name's Adrian, I'm from AB Accountancy, which are the sponsors, and today I'm with Andy Galanders this time. Andy is one half of Bank Street Social. I am. Which is a business found on Bank Street. Hey, hey guys, uh, thanks for letting me come on today. Uh, yeah, Adrian, uh, Andrew Galanders, uh, I run Bank Street Social in Wrexham with my brother. We are a... Uh, coffee shop and craft beer bar uh, in the heart of Wrexham. Uh, we've been here now since 2017 and we love doing what we do. That's great. As a customer of yours, I, I can tell you do both love what you're doing. There's always a smile on the face when you come in. Uh, not always, but uh, majority of the time we do try to smile. It does depend which brother's on, on the does. tail, doesn't it? Yeah. It does. So just a bit about yourself, Andy. What's your background? What led you to getting into this business? Yeah, so... Um, winding back the clock uh, we started in the coffee business uh, I started in Costa my brother started in Costa um, 2015 we both getting tired of what we were doing at the time um, I was more in the events management side of Wrexham putting those gigs on uh, running a small bar Phil was in Warrington and he was just getting fed up of the corporate life that is um, corporate coffee and one day uh, we were just chatting on the phone, seeing how it is, you know, he's my brother and all that. And um, he was like, I'm fed up. And I was like, well, I've been looking to change, go into more daytime stuff instead of nighttime, because the nighttime is quite difficult. So literally from then, I think that was sort of the, the January, February of 2015, by the May, uh, we'd got our first property fully kitted out from scratch and we were trading uh, that that business was uh, King Street uh, Coffee Company that ran all the way up until post pandemic uh, sadly it just wasn't feasible in the bus station to run a coffee shop anymore we tried but sadly the both the landlord wanted an increase in his rent and the footfall was decreasing at the time uh, so we decided to focus on Bank Street over the pandemic, I uh, levered into more of the delivery of craft beer for home. Uh, saw a huge success that side. And so we decided basically we need to just focus on Bank Street for now, get rid of uh, King Street Coffee. And basically since then, just been uh, me and Phil behind the coffee machines, behind the, um, the bar and just loving what we're doing. Okay, great. That's a, that's a really good detail wasn't it? No, no, that was, that was fantastic. So one thing I picked up on that is you both had experience in the trades yeah. you're now in. And I do sometimes hear people saying they want to start a business and they don't know what to do. And I always think, do what you know is a great start. Because yeah. going into industries you don't know, it can be hard to make any business work. Um, uh, you need to have a handle of how it works, don't yeah, you? Yeah, and I think everyone thinks running a coffee shop is easy. It has its challenges like every every sector, um, but everyone always that comes in goes, oh, I'd, I'd love to run a coffee shop. And my instant reply is, do you want to buy mine? 
it's not because I don't love what I do, but if people think that they could do better, uh, then, you know, not that I would ever sell it, but it kind of always puts the person on the back foot, be like, oh, wait a minute, like, what do you mean you, you just sell it to me? Just, you know, um, and I always thought that I was, like, I, I kind of enjoy doing that to people because it kind of gives them the wake up call that, oh, it can't be that easy if the person currently doing it is prepared to just instantly go, well, buy it off me. Um, I don't, I think people, especially in the coffee world, they think the markup's amazing, mm. but you got the bit, it's not, it, the markup's great, but you got to sell a lot to make money. Um, the overheads are, are relatively high for such a, a low um, low spend. Um, so it's, there's a lot of challenges in the, especially hospitality world, that people don't always think about. They always, oh, I just want to start a business. Um, yeah, definitely. So like I was, I was with Costa as a Odin franchise element of it. Basically, I went to university and I was. It was the time that Rexham was going from Plaskall to Eagles Meadow, so I just said to the owner, oh, um, sorry, the manager of Odeon, uh, we're getting a Costa. I'd like to train up so that when I go to university, um, I potentially could have a job. I didn't like coffee. I didn't drink it, but it was like it was a an opportunity that I knew I could use um, while studying down south, and then you end up really liking coffee when you work in a coffee shop because you end up having to drink it because it's busy and, and keep your energies up. So yeah, that, that's how we got into it. Um, that's how we learn our craft, basically. A couple of things to pick up. You, you talked about you started at King Street and you yeah. found that the bus station area sort of tailed off. Yeah. Was that COVID related in your opinion or was that a general trend in the movement of the town? When I, whenever I talk about King Street, it's always interesting because everyone just goes, Oh, bus station, high footfall, constant trade. That's why we went there. That's what we thought as well. But the reality is, people are always on the rush to go somewhere. So, although you think a high footfall uh, commuter area would be good for coffee, actually, it caused a lot of issues. You know, a lot of people, you don't take your coffee onto the bus. So, they arrive to the bus station and they've literally got a couple of minutes before they get the bus they're not going to go get coffee or they arrive at the bus station and especially with the configuration of uh, Rexon's bus station they just walk around it so although the bus station saw 100,000 people a year for example just off the top of my head didn't mean 100,000 people walk past the door didn't mean 100,000 people would walk into your door mm. don't like to be negative but there was antisocial behaviour uh, that was really difficult Everyone in Wrexham knows they it hit the press big time in 2016. Did it have um, an immediate impact on you, would you say? I would say, although there was always an issue with that subject, it wasn't as bad as it was made out in the press, and it was very much a press story. It did mean that it was difficult for customers to understand that nothing had changed in the bus station other than a media story that obviously went national. Um, we saw, we did see a de decline slightly um, in that, but also we were, we were really well supported by our customers. Um, so a lot of people would come in and just go, actually, there's no problem with the bus station. What are you on about kind of thing? Um, so that was really difficult. Uh, and then obviously pandemic hit and we couldn't open. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I think the pandemic's a completely different unknown, but we as a company actually did okay off it, um, which sounds really weird. It gave us time to actually stop, think, uh, reevaluate what we're doing. As I say, the, the lease in King Street was um, coming up um, for renewal. The landlord wanted to put the rent up as they always do. We didn't want to put the rent up. We were quite happy where we were. Um, and at the same time, like I was just saying about Bank Street, we were thriving with uh, deliveries of craft beer. Um, so it just made sense to solidify what we were doing at Bank Street and, and let King Street go. Um, and to this date, no one's let that building. Uh, the rest of the uh, development there is empty now. So I, I think we made the right call at the right time. I think it was a great learning curve. I think it was a, a great first property. Uh, we did it on very little money. Um, when I say little money, it was about 30 grand, um, which everyone goes 30 grand. It's like, yeah, that, that's not that much money um, to start a business. Fit out a unit and buy your equipment. Yeah, we, we, working capital. 100%. We were, we were very lucky with um, trades that we've got around us um, and parents and, and dad going up. Uh, King Street was like 13, 14 foot in the air. He was there painting and it was, it was a fun time. Um, but, you know, it, it, it was time to just stop that and concentrate on Bank Street. So when, when COVID was first hitting mm. um, and as someone who had a fairly new accounting practice with clients. I was looking at what I thought was going to happen based on what we could see in particularly Italy as an example. Yeah. And it was looking at it thinking, I don't see how anyone's going to get through this. Yeah. It's going to be so difficult for so many businesses. I think the support packages definitely helped. It's definitely got businesses through it. But the business who did really well, well out of it are people who managed to, it taught them to evolve. So for example, a lot of food outlets started doing home deliveries yeah. to survive but have kept it going and have now got a double use of their one kitchen space and chefs so for you guys it was you said you went to do um deliveries of real ale yeah the um, the the perfect word i we <laughs> it always makes a lot pivoting uh the amount of pivoting that we did was actually incredible but without the support from again rex county Border councils um finance team of uh, the Welsh Government and UK Government, yeah, we the doors would have never reopened. It's only when you look back, you go, actually, we did a really good job of what, what we did. Um, I think all the businesses that are still here are the ones that didn't just sit on the bums. Like, even if they couldn't trade, they were working on uh, marketing projects. They were looking at the future. They were saying, what, what, what can I do now? Is it going to be a different world? Um, which we all know it's just gone back to, yeah. to how it was but you know it, there, there was real conversations being had especially on like whatsapp groups that we were in about how businesses thought they were going to survive um, we didn't really lose many businesses no, during the I think period. that's a little bit the sign of the quality of the businesses in Wrexham the, the small independents sort of I know and I work with there's some really, really good people running businesses which is one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast to showcase some of that so I think the good people survived yeah there's just a lot of good people around I totally agree I think you know would I love to see loads of department stores in Wrexham and loads of shopping places yeah of course I would but actually the quality of Wrexham is is us independence Bank Street here it's only Timson's that isn't an independent business Marie has been there more years than 
anyone can remember, Hales is celebrating. shop on Bank Street, aren't they? Hales is going to celebrate a hundred years or so. It's it's incredible. Ninety years, I never remember. Um, you know, people have come onto this street, stay. Um, we've now been here six years, um, and we're probably the youngest. Oh no, the um, shorter, not shorter, please. Rachel, um, so is the youngest business, but you know, she's thriving there now. It's a great little street. And she's an established business who moved from a different location, isn't she? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so um, it's a a great street. So yeah, so your pivot into real ale is something you've managed to keep going and you still do that service, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. So Phil always jokes that we used to be a coffee shop that sells beer, but now some days it's a beer shop that sells coffee. Um, it has really pivoted that that well. Um, I am constantly looking to grow further the craft beer scene. Um, there's some really good bars in Wrexham, and I'd like to join that some point um, with another another property. Um, and we're ready for it. We're just waiting for the right property to come up yeah. to to expand the business because really Bank Street's such a small space. That, we, the, that the fridges take up quite a bit of the space that we need to just return back to being a coffee shop. Because um, when we're full, we're very full. Uh, so we just need to use that space that we've got currently just for fridges. Um, and I would absolutely love a craft beer bar in Wrexham. Um, and I think that's gonna be our next steps when business is. Okay. is exciting. Yeah, it, it, very exciting. We just need to uh, look for the right space um, there's plenty of buildings around and plenty of opportunities and, and it's I think something that's going to happen beginning of the next year Great, we'll look out for that one yeah. and uh, hopefully we'll get an invite to the, oh, the grand opening yeah. is, is there much of a crossover between sort of coffee enthusiasts and relay enthusiasts? Or 100% have, Or do you have two different crowds? Or So there'll always be coffee's coffee hot, warm Hot warm, same thing. Uh, there'll always be a crossover, but there's always that. I just want coffee. Coffee's coffee. I don't care what fancy name you want to give it. I just want a coffee. But there's also a massive growing trend, especially in Wrexham, of real coffee uh, fanatics, which is really good, uh, really exciting. Our retail element of coffee has grown incredibly in the last couple of months because we've got a new grinder that we can just grind straight. So if you want a cafetiere, if you want espresso, whatever, we can grind the retail straight um, straight away, uh, which is something that we've never really had before. We've kind of always we've had a small uh, grinder that could do it, but take a couple of minutes, whereas a new grinder will do it in 30, 40 seconds. So that's an investment we've made recently that has seen some instant success. Mm. And those people that really like coffee really like craft beer they're they are pretty much this the similar um customer base the beauty about beer is that when you go for a beer you don't go just for one in a coffee shop you go for one maybe two coffees depending on the common usually two for me. yeah depending on the conversations in there and you know you, you're having a nice time whereas if you go for a beer you go for for a couple of beers um so there is there is a massive opportunity there for us to build on what we have done from the pandemic and to basically see where the future leads. In terms of Bank Street 
social, what would yep. you say would set you apart from other coffee shops available in town? So we've obviously got a mix of some independents and we've got the big known national brands. Yes. What, what sets you apart? What makes people want to come here? Uh, gossip. I, I think that's one of the things is that you can come in and the conversation will be extremely varied, sometimes a little too varied, <laughs> I've got to say. Um, but we'll talk about any sort of day's, day-to-day sort of um, hot topics or political topics or what's happening in football, especially around um, those two lads from America. Um, you know, and we, me and Phil, we're very opposite, but we have the same sort of humour. Um, and our coffee is our selling point. Um, we use a company called a Neighbourhood Coffee. They've been amazing with us ever since we started using them. I'm going to say this, we, we're the best coffee shop in Wrexham, although there's been a few recently joined the, the scene. Um, I still think we're heads and shoulders over them. The one thing difference I find from this coffee shop to others I've perhaps been in is in others I think you get your coffee and you sit at your table yeah. with on your own or with the people you've come out for coffee with. Whenever I come in here, I don't know if it's the way you've set it up or the culture you've driven, but it sort of encourages people to talk across and, and talk to each other and, and it doesn't matter where you sit. It tends to be 100%. often one conversation involving everyone in here. Yeah. Which has its downsides, it, it, it does, uh, but obviously we're, we're a very small shop um, and, and say like we always encourage people to sit next to each other to get more bones on seats, but also the conversation then can completely change uh, depending on who walks through the doors, both good and bad. Um, and you know, it, me and Phil are very good at orchestrating the conversation so that if someone's coming a bit too south or a bit too ooh, I don't quite, that conversation's going to be a thing. We're really good at just bringing it back and just keeping it, that's off the social element, basically. Hello, everybody. This episode of the Wrexham Business Spotlight is sponsored by AB Accountancy, who are an accountancy firm based in the heart of Wrexham who believe in producing high-quality accounts and unbeatable customer service. You can visit our website, www.abaccountancy.co, or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram, where we regularly post hints and tips to help you with your accounts and your tax. If you'd like to sponsor an episode of this podcast in Season 2, please get in touch. Right, sorry for disturbing you, let's get back to the podcast. So, so what makes a good cup of coffee then, if, while I'm speaking to an expert? It's quality going in from the start to the end. Uh, pride, uh, you know, when, when you deliver your, your, say your latte and the latte art's good, compared to just flunging into a little rubbish cup. You, you know, it, it's stepping up the next next point, isn't it? And, and how much of your trade would you say is regular customs and how much is walk-ins off the street? Um, I'd say about 80-20. We, we've got a very loyal fan base, which we... we it's probably supports that people do like your coffee. Yeah, uh, which is incredible. And then there's, you obviously just get the people of just coming in just to town, just do a bit of shopping. Uh, obviously the tourism, which obviously we've seen a, a boost recently. Um, a lot of our customers are other traders. You know, we've got a lot of, in the tattoo world, a lot of hairdressers, um, a lot on the streets. You know, we're always trying to support each other, not that I have any tattoos, <laughs> which I always feel really bad about, but... Um, or you much know. use for the hairdressers. Oh, not much use for the hairdressers either, thank you, Ian. Um, but yeah, I think 
there's that support from the independent scene as well, which which obviously is is the lifeblood of of the shop. Um, and then obviously twenty percent is just random people coming in yeah. and just find us on Facebook, find us from other people's suggestions, all that kind of stuff. And so, what are the challenges in in this industry or in this particular business? Do you think? Uh, Tory government. Okay. <laughs> now, nah, um, just just to intercept a little bit there, Andy, for those who don't know, does have a, another life outside of being a barista, don't you, Andy? I do. I am a, a councillor for my local board, uh, for Ply Cymru, and, and I say it with tongue in cheek there, but the inflation, the the inflation that was caused uh, by this government is is really difficult. Um, we tried the best as we can to keep the prices down for as long as, as we could and it, it did affect us uh, on a financial point mm-hmm. and we've just had to pass that on to the customer. I'm, I'm guessing for starters, looking at the amount of equipment you're running all day, you've got high electricity bills here. Yes, uh, the le- electric is, obviously everyone's got issues with the electric. We were, we were fortunate that we had a, a long term fixed agreement with the energy supplier and, and it hasn't gone up, it's gone up but it hasn't gone up horrifically. On, I know some people are paying ninety to a pound per unit, and we're nowhere near that. So hindsight is, you know, we we locked in our our energy for a long period, which thankfully worked out for us. Milk horrific at the moment. Alternative milk again, um, the core product that makes the majority of our um, service has gone up. Also, we now have a fantastic. Uh, Accountant, uh, but we've also now gone VAT registered, which has also um, had uh, a big impact. Um, and particularly as you're in an industry where a lot of the products you sell, yeah, you charge VAT on the way out, yeah, and you can't reclaim VAT on the way in. So you're really eating that margin yourself. Yeah, and and I think the interesting thing is we we have become VAT registered due to a consequence of inflation. Because we've had to put the prices up, and because of all that, we went over the threshold that we're allowed. Um, which, which is really common. There are a lot of businesses who, by choice, choose to trade at around the 80,000 mark. Yeah. Good year, a couple of thousand pounds more. Bad year, a couple of thousand less. But they just don't want to go to that VAT. Sometimes, yeah. to go over it, you've got to go over it quite a lot to really make it work for you. And then you've got to work a lot harder for the same money. But if your costs are going up by 20%, You've kind of you've kind of been pushed over as as you guys were. Yeah, so so obviously the the pushover it, it so that's been really challenging in the last uh, couple of months um, to adjust to that to that um, to that basically. But interestingly, I I've never been afraid of going over the VAT threshold. I always kind of thought that hitting the VAT threshold was a mark of success in in sort of like a weird way because you've you've actually hit a mark where taken seriously in, in, in a weird sort of way. There are industries where the big players just want to operate with non-bat registered companies. Yeah. And it gives them that level of security that it is not a fly-by-night company and there's sort of a bit of a mark of respect on being bat registered. Yeah, and I, I think weirdly by becoming bat registered it made both me and Phil a lot more um, focused on the actual finance side of it. Uh, I think we probably, we're very guilty of um, winging it for a long time, and I think 
now that we've got this the that sort of in our back of our heads we're, we're thinking a lot more about the finance part of the operation instead of we love running a coffee shop we love running a craft beer bar you know the the joy of being a business owner and i, I know you guys um and i feel as, as well as self you do look at your numbers in between because i've come in here before now and you've asked me questions and i know that's because you're using your bookkeeping software correctly and you're keeping on top of it so and we love a bit of free advice <laughs> there is some useful information in, in there isn't there yeah I, I think um yeah especially like just going to the finance we've recently gone to quickbooks um which has really helped um we have software on the till which we always kind of semi look at but actually that's really helped focus us uh on the finance side um, and i think without being that risk we weirdly would have struggled more in this current cost of living crisis because we wouldn't have been looking oh actually we need to put that up because the you know we're not getting quite the right gdp and all that kind of stuff that you kind of the report helps you just focus on so i, I think i think in a weird way that's actually helped us be, become a proper business it's for worry you might outgrow this this shop at some time and be forced oh, into a move and have that issue again if people find we it. have definitely outgrown this current site um, there's opportunities that we if we were double the size uh, I definitely know we'd be able to fill it um, yes there's days where there's no one in here and oh would, would an expansion make sense the key is when we are full we can get more bumps and seats maximise your busy times yeah maximise the busy times but also have the opportunities to bring back the voice box events, voice box events that we had here, or book clubs, or all that kind of stuff. But we can't do any more because we are actually too small for those events. Yes, it would probably have to be somewhere on Bank Street to keep the brand, but I almost this might be being too big headed, but I actually think me and Phil are the brand, and I think if we decided to do another brand and. I think people would, would easily follow us. Um, yes, it'd be hard work, obviously would, but closing down King Street, moving trade here. Yeah, a lot of people didn't come over, but that's purely because they only go to the bus station mm -hmm. to hop onto one bus to go to the next bus. They, I, you know, they're not gonna come all the way down here um, just for us. But I think Bank Street's easily got another five, six years in it. Um, as is but I think me and Phil need to expand into another property so you, you talked earlier about your plans to open a bar at some stage yeah. some stage soon as well we picked up on that yeah I'd, I'd like to say we've identified a property that we are interested in and we're just going through all the boring side we've, we've always been lucky that both King Street and Bank Street we knew the landlords reps or we, we knew we knew someone that could get us in or we kind of they already had the planning permissions we already had the stuff current property uh, doesn't have the plan permission for food and beverage so there's there's just more of a paperwork side um but i hope to bring more on that soon um but we are just in the the arms of someone else which is very weird for me very close to getting an exclusive reveal on the uh, Redmond Business Spotlight here there's not, almost, not quite tipping you over the edge are we there's almost 
quite an exclusive, but not yet. So I sometimes think it's most men's dream to have their own pub and open their own bar. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people probably don't appreciate, like we said about do what you know, they don't appreciate what goes into running a pub and, yeah. and the margins involved. So obviously you do have an insight into that. Do you involved in real ale already? Yeah. Do you think that gives you a really good grounding to understand the basics and to hit the ground running? Absolutely. And I think the, um, the key for what we want to do is different from a traditional pub. And I think that the support we got from our suppliers, the, the support we got from the customers, and there's already a good base here. You know, you know the Magic Dragon and the Drunk Monk have come up in the last couple of years, both doing their... Both doing really well. But they're, they're both doing their own thing very well. So, and I think that's, that's the importance for craft beer, is that no one's copying in each other. And I think that's, um, that's what makes that scene really interesting, is because the concept we're going to bring is different to the drunk monk and is different to uh, the magic dragon. And so we all complement each other. Yeah, and complementing other businesses rather than competing with them. It means you can attract, I mean, real ale drinkers will travel to, to drink real ale, yeah. won't they? You can attract more people in and share those customers who might have two pints with all three of you in a day. But they'll also talk to you about the other people as well. I think, I think Wrexham and Wrexham's biggest problem is people copying each other. I, I think that's probably the downside to Wrexham. You go onto the high street now, every pub will sell the same beer. Everyone's got Wrexham Lager. Great. But actually, what separates you from the bar next door? A lot of these places don't have, don't have anything different. Mm. Um, and I think, I think that's really important going forward. And I think that's where you'll see Wrexham moving towards. I think there's going to be a lot more uh, independent from small bars um, compared to your your big you know your green kings your web screens your uh, whatever else is I, I think that's where Wrexham's going to move to so I would guess taking on a bar you're a busy man already we've said you're a you're a counsellor yeah. you and Phil share this business I guess it's going to involve some staffing someone along the line yeah uh, 100% it's but it's also something we need to do to make ourselves more productive we need, we need to start bringing stuff on. Just because we're in the day-to-day running of the shop, me with my politics, we just need to be smarter. And that, to me, is involves um, hiring some of the, the best people we know uh, to come along the journey with us. And that might allow you to become a bit more strategic and a bit less operational? 100%. But this would involve um, two, three members of staff uh, on probably both locations. Exciting times, challenging times. Challenging, yeah. exciting, uh, nerve-wracking, but it feels right. Yeah, there's definite challenges in being an employer, but at the same time, knowing you've provided someone with a job and an income is is fantastic, I think. And a job that they love. Mm. There's no point just going doing a job and just clocking in, clocking out. If, if someone's really enjoying it, um, yes, you're, you're supporting their lifestyle and their work and. Um, their finance part of it, but actually they're really enjoying it at the same time. Um, you can bring out different things and different people, different skill sets, different um, passions, and I think that'll make a really exciting uh, bar. So we look forward to seeing it, and definitely look forward to uh, popping in and trying some of your ales. There we are. To add some of the coffees I've tried from you.
So there's a few questions we ask all our, all our guests at the end. Yeah. What does success look like to you? Oh, um, paying invoices on time. If, you know, not many businesses actually can, especially with the current uh, circumstances. Yeah. And do you know what? You guys are making, helping make Wrexham a better place. Oh, well, we hope so. Um, right, if someone was going to start a business in Wrexham or, or wider and they came to you as a business owner for a piece of advice, What's the one thing you think you'd have to tell people? Do it. I think too many people think the idea of running a business but don't actually end up doing it. Uh, so I would say do it um, would be the first instant. And then if they came back and actually said, oh, I'm actually going to do this, I would... Um, I think mainly now that I'm a, a counsellor, I, I know a lot of... I know a lot more that the council can give, um, give can support you with, that, you know, the business team in Wrexham Council are great. I didn't know they existed when we first started. I just went ahead and just did it. But the support that they can give you is, is phenomenal. And have conversations, you know, talk to an accountant, talk to a legal person, talk to a potential customer, and just get a better understanding of what you actually want to do as a business. Okay, good advice, I think. And finally, we like to give all our guests a chance to spread the spotlight and okay. to just recommend another Epson business to, to people who might be watching and listening to this. Could be someone you use as a supplier or someone you use as a customer. Is there anyone springs to mind? Um, I think uh, Fair Event Management. To just explain to people what Fair Event Management yeah, is, so, if they don't know. So Fair Event Management uh, organised the Epson Feast. Uh, they organise the Wrexham Expo, they do uh, the Artisan Market. They're two great people that bring other businesses together to celebrate Wrexham, mainly doing big crazy events that no one else can put on. And we've, they've helped us load with the, with the event side, um, making sure our stalls start to look a little bit more professional, buying some new flags and all that kind of stuff, getting the right contacts for that. So yeah, they're my spotlight, Fair Event Management. Excellent, Fair Event Management, everyone, check them out. Thanks so much to Andy from Bantry Social for being today's guest on the Reps and Business Spotlight. We'll uh, see you all soon. No matter how high fly, no matter how far you go, the spotlight's on you when we go Reps and Hello everybody, thank you for getting to the end of this episode of the Rex and Business Spotlight podcast. Really appreciate you listening. Please consider liking, dropping a comment or subscribing and you could even share this so your friends can enjoy what we're doing too. Please check out the episode description where you'll find a link to our guests' business and their social media pages. Please give them all the love and support they deserve because they're absolutely fantastic. You can also find links to our podcast Facebook and Instagram pages where you can interact with us, giving us your comments, your thoughts and we'll listen to all of your feedback. Thank you very much, Dioka